I'm excited to hear how God has changed lives. If you would turn with me to Ephesians chapter 2. I want to just for a little bit um, read a scripture to you. I don't want to spend a lot of time because I want to make sure that we have plenty of time for all of these fine young men and women to share what God has done in their lives. You know, the heading in my Bible in Ephesians chapter 2 says, made alive in Christ. And that really, that's what we're celebrating this morning. We're celebrating, um, first of all, the testimonies of the people that are here, that they have been made alive in Christ. And we're going to hear their story. During baptism, we are celebrating that um, these people that are being baptized have been made alive in Christ. And that should give us cause to celebrate that we have been made alive in Christ. So if you would, in in, uh, Ephesians chapter 2, Beginning at verse 1, it says this, As for you, talking about those of us that have been made alive in Christ, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of the world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air and the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature objects of wrath. But, here's the great promise, but because of his great love for us, God who is rich in mercy made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in our transgressions. It is by grace that you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. In order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. Not of yourselves, but it is a gift from God and not by works. So that no one can boast. For we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which he has prepared in advance for us to do. That is an exciting promise because, you know, we were all once dead like the world is spiritually dead. We were dead spiritually but and we were under the rule of satan and we followed the ways of the world because of our sinful nature but paul says you at one time lived like the world but because of this great gift that jesus christ gave us with his life he gave, us, he gave us eternal life through giving his life. That is an awesome promise. You see, I have been freed from the power of Satan. Satan no longer has a hold on me. I have been acquitted. You see, although I was guilty of my sin, I was to face eternal death. I was given a death sentence, but because Christ died for me, he took that judgment upon himself. He gave me hope. He gave me life. He gave me eternal life. 
and he took away all of my sins. He made me free. That's why we're here today. That's why we worship. Because we have been made free. And if you're not free, if you haven't experienced that saving grace that comes through knowing Jesus Christ, you're missing it. You're missing it. Because it's an awesome experience, not just now, but what you will experience in eternity. Because this is a journey that will last forever and ever and ever. I have been made alive in Christ. You know, Galatians 2.20 says that I myself no longer live, but Christ lives in me. So that I live my life in the earthly body by trusting the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Because he gave himself, Christ now lives in me. That is what we're celebrating this morning. That is what we're going to celebrate. And he did so that in order for the coming ages, he might show his incomparable riches in his grace expressed in the kindness of Jesus Christ. You know, we have a wonderful promise of eternal life through Christ Jesus. But here's something else that I read in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. First of all, he says, you know, we have not been saved by our own works. You see, this isn't something that I can, I can be good enough or I can work hard enough or I can do enough things in order to gain, God's, to gain, to gain merit from God. You, know, you can never, ever work your way to heaven. It is a totally free gift that we receive because, you see, grace is a free gift. And Paul reminds us of that in, in verse 9. He says that it is not of works so that no man can boast. Strictly by grace that you have been saved through faith. Having faith that he can save you. You know, the Bible tells us in Romans, in Romans 3.23 that we've all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So all of us have sinned and fallen short. And there's nothing we can do in and of ourselves to, to earn our salvation. It's a free gift that he's given us. And the Bible says that in Romans 10, 9 and 10, that if we confess with our mouth and we believe in our heart that Jesus is Lord, we will be saved. And so this morning, there's three, there are three young people that are here to profess to you through their baptism that they have confessed with their mouth and believed in their hearts that Jesus is Lord. And there are others here that are going to share with you their testimony of that. But it goes on. It says also in verse 10, it says, For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to what? To do good works which he has prepared in advance for us to do. So, not only have I been saved from eternal damnation, but it says here that I am God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus. I've been, I have been saved in order to do something. You see, my works don't save me, but my salvation and, and, and my confession of Jesus Christ causes me to do good work. 
You see, being saved isn't about then just sitting back and letting life go by. Once I am, I've accepted Jesus Christ, he not only is my Savior, but he is my Lord. He's my Lord, and I serve him. And I use those gifts that he's given me to serve him and to serve his body. Because he's prepared those for me to do. We have been saved to serve, to be the church to be his hands and his feet. You see, the church is the body of Christ. And I'm a part of that body that needs to be about the work of the kingdom. So as members of the church, and you know what, you are you are part of the body of Christ the day you become a believer. You know, just because you're not a member of a church doesn't um, remove the responsibility for you to be about the work of the kingdom. We're called to be about the work of the kingdom. All of us have responsibility. Now, this morning, I want to quickly share with you, you know, as a member of the Fairlawn Mennonite Church, and even as a regular attender of the Fairlawn Mennonite Church, there are some responsibilities. There's a covenant that we have that we ask you to abide by. It's very simple. It says, I will, as a member of the Fairlawn Mennonite Church, I will protect the unity of this body. I will do my part in protecting the unity, in keeping the peace, in doing my part. I will share in the responsibility of the church. I will do my part as a member in serving the body. Whether that's working in children's ministry or or cleaning the church or serving on the worship team or, or whatever your role is, I promise to do my responsibility to take part in the church. You see, too many people in a church today sit around and let everybody else do the work because they simply have no interest. That's not right. I have been created in Christ Jesus to do good works, not just sit around and do nothing. I share in the responsibility and then I support the testimony of the church. How do I do that? By the way I live my life. In the places that I go and the people that I rub shoulders with. I share in the testimony of the church. So as a believer, I have a responsibility to do my part. To be a part of the body of Christ. And so I hope this morning as you hear the testimonies, that that if you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, the Lord will speak to you through these testimonies. You know, I told um, these people that are sharing their testimony that, that, that nobody is here by accident this morning. You know, you may be here to, to, to watch Jennifer be baptized or to watch Isaac be baptized, but maybe something that Ashley has to say will impact you. But you're not here by accident this morning, and what they have to say, someone here needs to hear. Because I believe God has given them a word to share with you through their testimony. So listen very carefully as they come to share what God has laid on their hearts. And what God has done in their lives. Because you will be blessed and you will be impacted by the words that they speak. Now also, as they're coming, I would ask that you pray Breathe a prayer for them. Some of them, all of them, are a little bit nervous about being up here. 
But I did, as I have told you before, nobody has ever died doing this. Um, I told um, some of them that we do have a defibrillator now in case your heart does stop. We have people ready to get on that. But I believe more than anything else, no hearts will stop, but hearts will be pricked this morning and challenged. So that's what you're here to do this morning, to challenge, to encourage, to profess Jesus Christ. And so I'm excited about you being here. So they're going to come and introduce themselves. I'm going to ask all of the, those of you that, that are, are becoming members to share first. And we'll go, we'll go down, um, just take you in order. We'll start with Paul and Verba, and we'll go down the row. Um, and just as couples, just if you want to come up, share your testimony, uh, introduce yourselves, uh, tell us a little bit, and just, just share what God's laid on your heart. Then we will do the, the those that are being baptized will share their testimonies after that. Then after we have shared testimonies, we will do the baptism. And if there are family members here that would like to come up and, and observe uh, from up here, we invite you to do so. Um, but I'm excited. Let me pray and then we'll get started, all right? Father God, it is so awesome to be here this morning. And I'm so excited about hearing the way that you have worked in each person's life that is about to come up and share a testimony. Lord, I pray that through your Holy Spirit, you would empower them to speak the words that that you've given them, to speak them boldly. And Lord, that that as people listening, we would be attentive, Lord, and, and we would allow each testimony to, to, um, to impact us. And Lord, that we would leave here changed because of, um, because of the willingness of each person to come and to share and to give us a glimpse into their lives. But Lord, we thank you and we praise you that we have been made alive in Christ and together we can worship and we can celebrate that. This morning I pray in Jesus' name, amen. As a child, our family attended the Amish church. When I was about 10 years old, they decided to get a car. We then went to the Beachy Church, where we had church every other Sunday and Sunday school on the alternate Sunday. Everything was also in German there. I did enjoy that, but it was hard to understand. By the time I was around 14 years old, my parents attended and joined the old Maysville Church. What a difference. Church and Sunday school was every Sunday in English. It was so much easier to understand. It was a new and exciting experience for me. I soon wanted more in my life. Something was missing. So I accepted Christ and was baptized in the spring of 1951. Church and God became a vital part in my life. I had many fond memories of those years. Then I met Paul. He wanted to attend East Union Church, and we were married there in 1954. We were blessed with six sons. Paul was a long-distance trucker, so I had many challenges, but God was always there when I needed him, whether it was spiritually, physically, or financially. I could not have done it without him. But I also made many mistakes, which I'm sorry for. I was more of a Martha than a Mary. You find that in Luke 10, 39 and 40. 
We have always attended church somewhere and enjoyed it very much, but felt led to come back to Fairlawn. I guess we have come full circle. We love this church, especially their zeal for the community, the missions, and the youth, as well as the older people. My journey through life has not always been easy, but the God that I chose to serve 59 years ago this spring fills my life just as he did back then. I owe him so much. In reflecting back, I realize I have failed many times, so this morning I want to rededicate my life to him and serve him more fully. In Romans thirteen twelve is a favorite verse of mine. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us therefore put off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Thank you. It's been a long time since I did something like this, but I'll try and do my best. At a very young age, about five or six, mother and dad would take us to church every Sunday. But in the evening before we could go to bed, mother would sit on the chair and have us children kneel in front of her. And she would pray to God that to keep us safe through the night and from all harm. And when I was 13, my mother got very sick. Approximately three weeks later, she passed away. When I was 16, the church we went to, the ministers asked the youth if anyone would be interested in uh, joining church. There was happened to be four boys and two girls. In fall of 1943, we went to classes every Sunday. And in the spring of 44, we were baptized and I accepted Christ. Two months later, I was in a bad accident and my cousin was killed, but God spared me. After about one month, it just seemed like nothing mattered anymore. I didn't want to listen to my dad or anyone else. And at 23, I left home, went to the state of Indiana, and soon I found a friend. We chummed together for about two years, and then I came back home. Then I found a young lady, which is now my wife, and I started going back to church, and I prayed to God that... He would take away my sins, and he would forgive me. God and church are very important to me anymore. But my favorite Bible verses, Psalm 1135, for me to live is Christ, to die is gain. Good morning. I guess I kind of wish I would have went first now because if any of you know me, I'm a pretty emotional person, and those testimonies were great. And those, they really touched me, so I'm going to try not to cry. <laughs> By the way, my name is Ashley Zimmerman. Uh, it's nice to see everybody. If we want to change our lives for the better, we must start on the inside and then work our way out from there. Life is constantly changing. Our circumstances change. Our opportunities change. Our responsibilities change, and our relationships change. Sometimes when we reach the crossroads in life, 
we feel the need for a jump start or the need to start over from scratch. Luckily, God is always there to lead us, and I have experienced that firsthand. I don't usually get nervous, and, I, and I'm usually pretty good at getting up in front of people and putting together something that I need to say, but when I started to think about what I was going to say today, so many things came to my mind, but yet nothing seemed quite right to say. Um, even last night, my husband can vouch, I, I was praying, and I don't know if I was getting frustrated or what, but I'm like, God, I really need, I really need some help here. Um, so I decided I would talk to you, tell you a little story about something that's changed my life and made me the person I am today. I've always been a believer for as long as I can remember, and I dedicated my life to Christ a long time ago, actually at the old church at Fairlawn. I was part of the youth group. Um, I had the opportunity to go to Juarez, Mexico, and that was huge, huge. And um, along my journey, though, I hit a few roadblocks along the way. Um, after I graduated high school in 2002, I decided to attend Malone College, where I would study communications and play softball for the pioneers. Softball was a really um, important part of my life then. Between practice and games and traveling and more practice, um, I didn't have all that much time for studies. I still did pretty good, but um, they were more on the back burner of, of what I was doing. Um, so college kind of started to take a toll on me. Um, although I had exceptional friends and an amazing team I could count on, um, we didn't always make the best decisions. Um, at the end of my freshman year, I went home for the summer to be with my family and to be with the love of my life here, Jim. And little did I know, my life was about to change in a huge and drastic way. Early that fall, I started school again, and I found out I was pregnant. I was scared, very scared. I was embarrassed. Um not for myself, but what my family would think, what my church family would think, and what my community would think, because I never thought something like that could happen to me. Um, but mostly, I was scared to tell my mom, because my mom has always been my best friend and my solid rock. And that was the second scariest day of my life when I told my mom. Um, I can still remember I was sitting up in my bedroom. I had my sister Amber there with me. And my mom was sitting on my bed. And I just knelt before her, crying. And I, and I just told her, you know, Mom, I'm pregnant. And um, much to my surprise, she reassured me that, um, Ashley, everything will be okay. And she was right. At that time, I didn't know how it would be or how I would make it through or... Um, what I would do, but Caleb changed my life. Um, he was the miracle I needed. He saved me, and if I didn't have him, I don't know. I don't know where my life would have ended or turned out. Next thing I knew, I was married to, to Jim. Uh, we bought our first home. We had our first daughter, and uh, you know, along the way, I still prayed. I talked to God, but there was something missing. Um, I knew I needed to rededicate my life to Christ. And 
you know, through this experience, I realized I'm, I'm meant to be a mom, although I never knew or thought I would have children. Um, I'm meant to be a wife, but, um, you know, I knew God had to be my foundation through all of this, or it wouldn't, it would be worth nothing. I knew I needed to forgive myself first and foremost, and I know all of you know that it's something very, very hard to do. Um, but I found the strength to forgive myself and the mistakes and the sins that I've committed over the years. And it was amazing because I started to hear God again. I could feel that fire inside me again. And, you know, I have a, such a strong passion for God and to, to help and to, to work with, with people. And, you know, it, it just became clear all over again. And, you know, he knew my heart all along. He knew what, where I would end up. He knew I would be standing here today. And, you know, I thank him every day for that and for the opportunity to be a part of this church because I can look out there and so many of you have changed my life and you don't even know it. And I just, I just look forward to continuing my journey here at Fairlawn. And I just want to thank everyone for their support along the way. Good morning. As, uh, as she said, my name is Jim. I actually was not real reassured when Dwayne pointed out that we have the defibrillator because I think I was the most nervous and uh, <laughs> I'm the one that trained him on how to use it. So I started second guessing myself a little bit. Um, but the other night uh, during membership class, we were discussing our testimonies and Dwayne's expectations for him. Uh, he informed us that he would like us all to speak for about five minutes each, to which I asked him if I had to use the whole five minutes. He laughed and told me that it wasn't how long we spoke that mattered. If I could get my message through in less than five minutes, then that was okay, and I was more than welcome to sell the remaining minutes to, the, to anyone else in the class. As soon as I heard this, I immediately offered four and a half minutes to the highest bidder. I didn't feel as though I had much to talk about. I'd like to think that I'm just your average guy with no real flashy story. As I was preparing to write the, my testimony, I read the handout that we were given on how to write one. It explains that it is probably best to write the body of your message first and then go back and do your introduction and conclusion paragraphs. I did this, and when I finished my body and began brainstorming for my intro, I realized that two things. One, that the packet was right. It made it a lot easier. And two, that I'm glad no one took me up on the four and a half minutes. It turns out that I had a lot more to say than I thought I did. I was raised in a Christian home in a wonderful childhood. We attended church every Sunday for as long as I can remember. I officially joined my church when I was a junior in high school. I was your stereotypical teen who knew everything and questioned everything. I knew I wasn't perfect. I actually felt that by sinning through the week and attending church on Sundays, it made me a hypocrite. Soon after joining the church, I decided to stop attending for that reason. As I grew up, life got busier, and at this point, at this point I was already in the habit of not going to church. I graduated from high school, joined the fire department, started the never-ending regimen of training for that, and eventually started a family. At this point in my life, I had changed my perspective a little. It wasn't so much that I felt like a hypocrite. I just felt as though I had a good relationship with God. What was the need to go to church to be a Christian? I talked to God. I prayed to God. I felt as though I knew God. I also believed that I was using my God-given talents to serve my community through the fire department, and that had to count for something. For the longest time, I honestly felt almost as if I could skip out on going to church because my volunteer work would earn me brownie points. 
Not to mention how busy I was with all my usual hustle and bustle of life. There was work, working on the house, working in the yard in the garden, family, fire department, coaching t-ball, household chores, crazy work schedules, parenting. Life became overwhelming. We were constantly on the go and could never get caught up. Life became all about the unimportant things. I was tired and grouchy all the time, asking myself, when is life going to slow down so that I can enjoy it? It all started with my wife nagging me about getting back into the routine of attending church. But it wasn't that easy. I still had reasons and excuses to get a little extra sleep on Sunday mornings. Before I knew it, my son was old enough to be attending school and playing sports. Through these activities, he made some friends who happened to attend Fairlawn. I'll never forget the look of excitement on his face when he came home from school with the invitation to attend Wacko on Wednesday nights. He couldn't wait to go. And my wife decided that it was a good opportunity for her to attend women Bible, excuse me, women's Bible study while she was there. They started making a weekly habit of it almost immediately. I still felt as though I had it figured out and I didn't need to go attend church to be a good Christian. But eventually, seeing how much my wife and kids were enjoying coming to Fairlawn on Wednesdays, I decided to give in for the sake of my family and come with them on Sunday. I realized that regardless of my beliefs, I wanted my children to be raised in the routine of going to church and let them decide for themselves later. I felt as though I was denying them a wonderful opportunity, and just because it wasn't necessarily my thing didn't mean it couldn't be theirs. I came to church a few times and was pleasantly surprised at the, by the atmosphere. It seemed like everyone I saw approached me with a welcoming smile and handshake. I really took a lot from Dwayne's sermons and found myself thinking about them much later into the week than I had before in years attending church. After only a few weeks and one incident in which the squad was called during a service, the word got out that I was a paramedic, and I was approached by Tim about joining the first response team. I was excited to help out and put my skills to use. Shortly thereafter, I was putting on small group training sessions on the church's defibrillator. It was at that point that I truly felt accepted. I even discovered how much I enjoyed teaching. Looking back on it, I know it was the Holy Spirit pulling me in. But at the time, it almost seemed like it happened on accident. Sunday mornings were now dedicated to going to church and worshiping God. I found myself going to things like the men's conference and listening to sermons I may have missed online in the car online or in the car. It almost feels as if the Holy Spirit needed, just needed me to open the door, and he took care of the rest. Now that we were back into the routine of going to church, I found myself actually having a relationship with God. Now, not only do I know him, but equally as important, he knows me. I find myself driving to work with the radio off and just talking to him. I don't just pray to him when things are tough anymore. I also pray to thank him or to ask forgiveness or guidance. I feel the Holy Spirit persuading me on a daily basis now, telling me to do this or you shouldn't have done that. I feel the Holy Spirit pointing things out after I do them and telling me that it's not the way God would have wanted it. It makes me wonder how many things I've done in the past that has brought him shame without me even knowing it because I couldn't hear the Holy Spirit. Since truly finding God again, I have had so much more peace in my life. I'm learning not to get caught up in the hustle and bustle. I've actually learned to laugh it off or roll with the punches rather than get stressed out or overwhelmed. I'm finding out that if I don't get, over, get everything on my list for the day done, it's okay. As long as everything I've done was in his glory and I've made the time to keep that relationship with him.
As busy as I thought I was with the fire department and the brownie points that I thought I was earning, I realized that I have actually really slacked off on my contribution to the department and most of all my community. I understand now that God has given me these skills and abilities for a reason, and I have rededicated myself to using them every opportunity that I can. And through discovering my interest in teaching at the church and talking with my EMS lieutenant, I've actually, in the process of applying to be an EMS continuing education coordinator, instructor through the state, I'm sorry. Um, I would like to thank the Fairlawn Church for the things that they do for each other and for the community. As I said before, WACO and women's Bible study, ironically, were both major contributing factors in getting me to come back to church, although I'm neither child nor woman. I would also like to thank my parents for pushing me as a youngster to lay a good Christian foundation to be able to build upon as an adult. I want to thank my wife and kids for giving me the motivation and push towards the door so that I could open it. Most, most importantly, I want to praise God for helping me to open my eyes. I want to thank him for showing me that I am now and always have been adopted by him as his child. I am perfect by no means and I have a lot of work to do, but I know now that I can can and will be a better person for his glory. Thank you. Good morning. I hope I don't talk too long. <laughs> Dwayne's had the privilege of hearing my story before when he baptized me in 2002 at the old church, and I kind of talked too long. <laughs> um, I'm going to start off reading Mark um, chapter 5, verse 19. Um, it has meaning to my story. Jesus did not let him... But said, go home to your family and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. So the man went away and began to tell the people how much Jesus has done for him. And all the people were amazed. We are not responsible for what happens to us as we are for how we respond to our circumstances. Life's tough circumstances should bring out the best in people. This is what I have allowed to happen to me through God's purpose for all things in my life. Family and being loved were the things most important to me growing up. As a child growing up, I didn't experience a true childhood. I had a change in status that switched me from child to an adult at the age of three. My life revolved around being obedient to the immoral acts that my stepfather required of me. I had my innocence stolen from me by him. Along with that, I lost my sense of self-worth. And I lost the only family I knew. I needed someone to love me. The only person I knew that did love me was my grandma. She taught me God loved me too. She taught me he would protect me. I first heard of his, the message of Christ when I was a child. My grandma took me to the church that she attended, and I went with her every Sunday. She was my Sunday school teacher. She taught me about God, and I was excited to know him. I loved Jesus, and I loved to sing about him. My favorite song to sing about him was Jesus Loves the Little Children, All the Children of the World. I first began to feel positive about the gospel, at a summer church camp. I enjoyed learning about the Bible and the life lessons from it. I put my trust in Christ at age 12 when he brought me out of the darkness and gave me a new life. However, 
at age nine when my dad died and I was being abused by my stepfather, I was angry with God. I thought, how can he allow all this pain and suffering be happening to me? Through all of this, I believed my life was over. I felt like I didn't have a purpose, no responsibility, no independence, no freedom, or a commitment in my life. I didn't want to go on living some days, partly to be with my dead father and to get away from the abuse. I tried killing myself. I started to realize, though, through prayer, that this wasn't God's fault. This was part of his plan for my life. Sorry. Because he had bigger things in store for me. I prayed every day, asking God to help me get out of my home. One beautiful day, Christ answered my prayers. After gaining enough courage to speak out against nine years of sexual, physical, and mental abuse, God got me out of my home. And he gave me a beautiful family on Valentine's Day. What a gift he gave me. He brought a family and love to my broken heart. The two things that I've always wanted. The Rays have been loving and supportive. They are my inspiration. And they are an inspiration to all the children of Wayne County. They are my family. Changes that have occurred in my life as a result of having love and a real family are that I am the first person to graduate high school from my biological family and the first person in my biological family to go on to college to obtain a degree. I also became a family. I had a beautiful daughter, Skylar. I know Christ is in my life because he has given me the strength to do these things and overcome my past. I know I'm not perfect, and I know I've made many mistakes and have committed many sins. But that's the awesome thing about God. He still continues to guide me and didn't give up on me. He teaches me life lessons, and I learn from him. With all the positive and supporting and caring people that have come into my life, God has shown me what family is. It's the race. It's all of you. It's him. He gave me purpose for life and an energy for living it. I never gave up, and God never gave up on me. All I had to do was let God help me to let go, rise up, and move on. Thank you. Good morning. My name is Becky Bixler, and I am saved. I was born into a Christian family and grew up in a small town in eastern Nebraska. I grew up going to church each Sunday morning and evening. I can remember Sunday evenings asking my parents, are we going to church tonight? And my dad would reply, why wouldn't we go to church tonight? My parents were a great influence in my life growing up not only by their words, but also by living out their Christian walk each day. Today they are still a great influence and encouragement to our family. I accepted Jesus as my personal savior at the age of 13 or 14. They were having meetings at our church, and I can still remember the way my heart beat when the invitation was given, and I knew I had to go forward. My dad and my brother prayed with me to receive Christ. After high school, I attended Rosedale Bible College for three terms. That was a good time of learning and growing in my Christian walk. 
I also did two years of voluntary service, one year at the We Care Prison Ministry and also a year at Rosedale Mennonite Missions. And both experiences strengthened my relationship with Christ. I think that over the last number of years, with Steve and I being involved with African Christian Missions, has made a lasting impact in my life. I knew that I have been strengthened spiritually and taken too far out of my comfort zone in many situations. But I have seen God work in my life, and he has shown himself faithful time and time again. I started my testimony by saying, my name is Becky Bixler, and I am saved. I know that may have sounded strange. My spiritual life has been challenged by so many of my Kenyan friends. Many times, Christians in Kenya, when introducing themselves, will say, my name is, and I am saved. That is what they want people to know about themselves, that they have a relationship with Jesus Christ. That is my prayer for me and my life, that people will be able to see Jesus in my daily life by my words, attitudes, and actions. I'm excited to become a part of the Fairlawn Mennonite Church and what God is doing here. I want to serve God and the church faithfully and live my life in the way that would bring honor and glory to God. Good morning. I'm Steve Bixler, and I would like to share my testimony with you. I don't remember the exact age. Um, I think I was seven or eight when I accepted Christ as my Savior. I do remember that I was at home with my sister the evening I accepted Christ as my personal Savior. Since then, there has been numerous times when I have rededicated my life to Christ. I believe there are a number of things that have greatly influenced my spiritual life, my parents being the greatest. I was raised in a Christian home, and we went to church faithfully. Not only did we go to church regularly, but my parents lived out to Christianity. They were not perfect parents, but parents who loved me and taught and showed me what it was to be a Christian. Other influences in my Christian life, I would have to say, was going to Rosedale Bible College and serving with Rosedale Mennonite Missions. After graduating from high school, I attended Rosedale Bible College a number of different years. Rosedale Bible College helped me to learn and understand more about the Bible and helped me to grow in my walk with Christ. In 1990, I made a one-year commitment with Rosedale Mennonite Missions to serve with Choice Books of Rosedale. I served with Rosedale Mennonite Missions about two years. During that time, I was able to go on a summer mission team to Turkey. That was the beginning of God starting to open my eyes to the spiritual needs that are in the world. The greatest part about Rosedale Mennonite Missions was that I met my wife, Becky, there. In 1993, we were married, and today we have two great boys, Isaac and Titus. Today is a special day for us as parents because Isaac has made the decision to be baptized. In 2002, Becky and I had the privilege of participating in a short-term mission trip to Kenya. My life has been changed in a good way since that first trip. If you have ever gone on a mission, if you have never gone on a mission trip, I would encourage you to seriously consider it. I believe that you cannot go on a mission trip and come back the same person. To go and experience God in another culture and to worship God in another country is hard to describe unless you have experienced it. As a member of Fairlawn Mennonite Church, my prayer is that I would continue to grow in my walk with God. My greatest desire is, is that my life would bring honor and glory to God. 
My prayer is that I would serve God and the church. There are some verses in Ephesians that have challenged me. Paul is writing to the Ephesians and giving them some prayer requests. And in the end he writes in Ephesians six nineteen and 20. Pray also for me that whenever I may... Whenever I open my mouth, words may be given me so that I may fiercely make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Paul was a man in prison because of his faith and asked the Ephesians to pray for him that he may continue to share the gospel without fear. And that is my prayer, that God may give me, that as God gives me the opportunity, I may share without fear my faith and Jesus Christ, the man who changed my life. Hi. Uh, I like what Becky said. I'm Daryl Stevens, and I'm saved. Um, it's really nice. Um, well, here's my quick story. Um, I grew up in Columbus, Ohio, uh, in a place called The Bottoms. I don't know if anybody's familiar with that, but it's kind of a refugee camp for people from West Virginia. Uh, <laughs> it's the largest white ghetto in the United States. It's kind of a weird place. Uh, my father's from was from there, and uh, he did all right for a while. But sometime when um, I guess I was nine or ten, he really went off the deep end. Uh, he was institutionalized for a while and uh, became a heroin addict, uh, just the worst of the worst person, a gun runner, a shoot, shot a guy, been shot. Uh, just awful stuff. I even have a picture of me with uh, a prison Santa Claus when I was 10 years old with my brothers and sisters. And uh, uh, just really uh, awful place. Um, so anyway, I had to get a job when I was 12 years old, started working to help mom take care of the house and do things on my own, buy clothes and things. Um, when I was 18, all I wanted to do was leave and um uh, be something other than my father, the complete opposite. Uh, so I went out to make my fortune and be the best person I could. I moved to Dallas, Texas. My job, I had a job that took me there. I lived there two years. Little did I know that I was the same as my dad. I was a sinner. The way I was was no different than dad. What I did was different, but I'm still a sinner like dad. I, was a, I became a slave to sin unknowingly to Satan. Um, what I thought was freedom was really slavery. This freedom I had was slavery to the God of this world. I never had a rudder in my life, didn't have a dad. Um, had a couple buddies, uh, fishing buddies, but outside of that, nothing. So I was on my own, making my own decisions, which is a terrible thing, um, place to be in. And that's why we all need a church. Uh, my life was anything but stable. Uh, as I moved up the ladder, made a lot of money, moved up fast, but I was just a um, uh, search and destroy mission to people in my life. I got a Bible when I was 10 years old. We never attended church when we were kids, but I had a grandmother, uh, Marie, who um, was a church planner for a Wesleyan church outside of Columbus. And she was the only godly thing we had in our lives. She had me go to a uh, vacation Bible school that gave me a Bible when I was 10. Well, that Bible rarely, if maybe just a couple times, got opened in 20 years. And one day when I was 30 years old, I heard a song on the radio 
from Fernando Ortega. I was flipping through um, a song called, uh, and I would praise him still. And I started to cry. It was like God was calling me uh, to him. And uh, although I didn't seek God, the Lord Jesus Christ, he found me. And then I got that Bible that I was 10 that I never opened. In just a couple years, I made it into this mess. And God changed my life through his word. Well, first through the calling and through his word. And uh, over a little bit of time, I confessed my sinful ways to the Lord Jesus and gave my life to him. If I could read something to you from Romans 3, 23 and 24, Paul writes this. He says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. The two words here, justified and freely. I think Dwayne used them in his uh, sermon uh, or his message today. But the justified means a judicial acquittal. So I've been acquitted kind of in a court of law. And freely means without any cost, without any penalty. I had to pay nothing or do nothing. So I've been freed without penalty by Christ because of Christ. Page two. If I could read, uh, uh, it's a song, but I made it in the poem because I can't sing. But anyway, a slave to sin, my heart before was bolded like a prison door. But in slavery to the risen Lord, I found a better freedom. Christ revealed himself to me, enslaved my soul to set me free. I was bound to him at Calvary and found a better freedom. 1 Corinthians 7, 20 and 22 says... Let each other remain in the same calling which he has he was when called. Were you called while a slave? Do not be concerned about it. But if you can be made free, rather use it. For he who is called in the Lord while a slave, me, is the Lord's freed man. Likewise, who is called while free is Christ's slave. Over the past couple of days, Satan has reminded me what a bad person I am, was. And he's right. But I'm a wretched man, but I'm a freed man in Christ. John Newton, the author of Amazing Grace, wrote, I am not what I ought to be. I am not what I want to be. I am not what I hope to be. But still, I am not what I used to be. And by the grace of God, I am what I am. In conclusion, I'd like to thank everyone at Fairlawn for the discipleship to our family, especially those in youth ministries and the gap for discipling our children. The most important thing to me is to make sure that they receive the saving grace that is found in Christ. And thank you for helping us. My wife and daughter Nikki are at a volleyball tournament today. Kayla's over here, and Cameron, you all know him. He's in the nursery, and we'd like to thank you all for graciously welcome us into this family of fellowship, and um, appreciate your prayers. Thanks. Good morning. I'm Jennifer Wingard. I've been attending Fairlawn for a few months now. As a kid, I grew up in a Christian home, and we had Bible studies and devotions every night. 
I've always admired my mom. Growing up, I watched her and have learned from her. She is a strong woman of faith. I also watched my older sister accept Jesus at a young age, and I really wanted to, too. However, there were some things that happened when I was around 13 that made me push people away. I simply refused to trust anyone. And of the people I refused to trust, God was on the list. I was afraid of getting hurt, and the only way that wasn't going to happen was to shut people out. This became my life, and as a result, I became very independent. I don't think my sister knows this, but I have always looked up to her. She was my big sister, and like most little sisters, I wanted to be just like my big sister when I grew up. I looked up to her. Whatever she did influenced me. I knew that I wanted the peace that I saw in her. She wanted me to go with her to a church she had been attending for a while and kept begging me to go along. Finally, on Easter Sunday in 2006, I agreed to go with her. That was the day when I let my guard down and finally asked Jesus into my life. Then a few years ago, something happened that had been happening to a lot of people and still is, something that I never thought would happen to me. The company I was working for was cutting back its workforce, and I was cut back to part-time. My paycheck went to bills, and when I got cut back, I was making less than half of what I had been. After filling out application after application after application for about a week, I had become an emotional wreck. I was used to relying on me, and right then, I didn't know what to do. One night, I was laying in bed trying to sleep, and my mind was going in a million directions, trying to figure out what to do. And I lost it. I started crying and praying, and I asked God to show me what to do. What happened next is more vivid than what I did yesterday. Jesus was there with me, and I felt him wrap his arms around me. I felt an immediate calm and peace come over me. I simply knew that everything was going to be okay. Over the next few weeks, I had to rely on something other than myself, and I had to learn to trust God. It didn't happen right away, but a few weeks later, I got a call. A few interviews, and within two months of getting cut back, I had a new full-time job. I didn't get the job myself. God got it for me. One day as I was driving past, something told me to go in and fill out an application. You see, it was one of the last places I would have applied at. This taught me a great lesson. When God says, left, you can't go right, it's like you have the world's best GPS and you don't listen to it. You will get lost. I kept going in the opposite direction of what God wanted me to, and I couldn't figure out why I ended up in a completely different place than where I was supposed to be. In order to do what God wants, we need to listen to God's positioning system. He will direct our paths if we let him. I will choose to follow him, and I will go wherever he needs me to go. I'm Veronica Yoder. I grew up in a Christian home, and I accepted Christ at 8. When I went to a conference in Columbus with some of the youth group, that's when I fully felt the power of God and the Holy Spirit. After going to the conference and on mission trips, I've become more excited to learn more about God. I'm very thankful for my family and friends for the good influences they have on me. I want to be baptized because I want to show my faith and decision to follow Christ in outward expression. I'm Isaac Bixler. Um, I grew up like a good kid, but even good kids need Jesus. Um, when I was eight or nine, I accepted Jesus. Um, one night when my parents um, prayed with us before we went to bed, I didn't fully understand what, I, what it meant, but I did understand that I didn't want to go to hell. As I grew older, I learned more and more. I started enjoying worship more and listening to the sermon and grew in my faith. Today, I'm going to take another step in my faith. I'm going to be baptized. My name is Barbara Yoder. I'm 21 years old. 
And I've been going to church all my life, as far back as I could remember. The thing that I loved as a kid was going to church to sing uh, for the longest time. That would be the only reason I would go to church. And we moved. I, I used to go to Fairlawn, but we moved. And I loved going here, so I didn't really go. To, wanted to go to another church. And my dad had gotten on us about going to church and to become part of the youth group. And to be honest, I really didn't want to because I was shy. I didn't really like to get into groups or anything like that. But we started going to Rush Community Church. I used to not listen to uh, what we were taught in church. I never listened to the preacher. Something always distracted me decorations or people or or something like that and uh, one of my friends who used to sit beside me um, wrote notes on what the uh, preacher was saying and one time on our way home my dad had asked us what we learned in church and I couldn't say what I learned because I wasn't listening so I started writing stuff down and that helped me to to listen more. And whenever we moved back here, I just we went to Longnecker because that was closer. And I was 17 whenever I accepted Christ in my life. My youth leader at the time talked to me about accepting him as my savior. And I felt in my heart that I was missing something that needed to be fulfilled. And this wouldn't happen unless I looked accepted him. And I was baptized on January 22nd, 2006. And uh, after I was baptized, I felt the change that came with it. I felt joy and peace in my heart. I would pray more whenever I needed answers. And I would ask more questions when I didn't understand something in the Bible. My grandfather played a huge part and answering the best of his knowledge any questions that I had. He would be the one who I'd call up and talk to, and he would usually have a good saying or verse that would go with the situation. The one Bible verse that came up often is um, one of my favorite verses from Proverbs 16, 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding, In all thy ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. I thank God for giving me a good Christian fiancé, James Byler, that will help to support me in my life in the future as a Christian. And I plan to continue to grow in my relationship with Jesus Christ and look to him for my answers in life. So now, do you understand why we do this do you understand why this is such a, a special day? Because, because we, heard, we heard many different stories. We heard people from all walks of life, people that grew up in, in, in good Christian homes where, where, where they learned from, from birth who Jesus was. We also have, and, and yet, it still requires a choice from each one of us because we don't go to heaven just because uh, our parents are believers. We accept Jesus Christ. Each one of us has to make that choice. And so 
whether you have been grown up in a Christian home or, or you grew up the way that we heard, you know, like, like Amber, we all still have a choice to make. And along the way, there are people that make a huge difference. People that are willing. Uh, a Bible, you know, a Bible given when, when, when Daryl was 10 years old made a difference in someone's life. Charlie and Darlene Ray, because of their willingness to sacrifice, have made a huge difference, not just in Amber's life, but in a lot of other lives. It shows the huge responsibility that all of us have along the way in introducing people to Jesus Christ. And we all have to make that choice ourselves. All right, I will be quiet now because we want to, um, to move on. You know... Here's the thing. You know, this week, when we met last week, everybody's like, but I don't have anything to say. I'm going to only need about one minute. Well, Jimmy, he owes me like $10 for the minutes that he used up. <laughs> but a great story, yeah, a great testimony. And I think I know it was worth every minute of our time. Thank you very much for opening your lives up to us and sharing with us what God has done in your lives. All right. Now at this point, you know, all of you as members of the Farrell Mennonite Church have heard the testimonies of these uh, people that, that are asking to become members. So as a body, what I'm asking you now is, is can you affirm these men and women that have um, requested to become members? If you can't, please do so by standing to your feet. All right. Thank you. You may be seated. You are all now officially members of the Fairlawn Mennonite Church. Thank you for your testimony. Okay, at this time, we're going we're to do baptism. Let me read out of, out of Romans chapter 6. This is why we baptize. Here it says, this is, what shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We die to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. Yeah, this morning when these young people come up here, when they get into the water, the symbolism behind this is this. Because remember, baptism doesn't save us. It is, it is an outward expression of what has happened in here. So when they go underwater, that is a symbol that they have died, that the old man in them is gone that they have died with Christ, and yet when they come up out of that water, they have been resurrected to live a new life. And just as Christ was resurrected, we too now have a new life. 